Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, the podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. This is in our own personal lives and the world in general. My name is Daryl and I'm here with my wife. What's your name? Kieran. <laughs> Kieran. I am Darren and I'm here with my wife, Carol. Darren. What's up? Ow. How? <laughs> Did you hurt yourself over there? I had a pain, pain through my knuckle. Through your knuckle? Why? I don't know. I just don't know. You don't know. So, how was your day? <laughs> it was good. Got my headlights fixed. It's good. Had some people over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a different subject. So, so I don't have to turn your headlights on anymore by punching the light? <laughs> nope. Yeah, I don't either. Fun. Or real. Yeah. yeah. Real. What it's fun is that fun. when things yeah. just work? Now, just gotta, now they work both at the same time. Yep. Not just one headlight. Mm-hmm. Had to order the, some parts. Was that band, the Wallflowers? Is that their name? One headlight? Oh. They sang that song. One headlight. And that Bob Dylan's son, I think. Jacob Dylan. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Is that beeping? Oh. Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to start every episode by talking about the noises in the house. We do. <laughs> you might hear it. <sighs> they probably don't even hear beeping. Yeah. I'm like, what's that beeping? Well, the important thing is Norma's feeling better this week, so. Yeah. Thanks for your prayers for for Norma. Yeah. She's pretty much back to normal, kind of, almost. Normal Norma. Normal Norma. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Any, anything interesting happened over the weekend? Like, <laughs> the last Friday? Uh, nope, not that I Nothing? can think of. Okay. Cool. Cool. So what are we even doing here today? Well, I think last uh, recorded podcast, we mentioned that we were supposed to have a meeting with some Mormon missionaries, and that didn't happen last Monday, but it happened last Friday. Oh, right. That's what happened. Yes. (laughs) And you were there, and I was there, and our friend Katie was there. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, you guys crashed on me and Katie's. That's right, we did. You crashed on Katie and I's meeting. Yeah, you were supposed to have your meetup, but instead we but had some Mormons come. That's must have been what God Latter-day wanted. Saints. Yeah. It was it was a good conversation. Yeah, it was. Uh, two young men, very young, eighteen. Uh they were both the the one kid, I think this was his first assignment, right? And then the other one was in Tom's River. Mm-hmm. They kind of explained that they move them around every six weeks, right? Is that what they said? Yeah. That's, that, that's interesting. So that they move them place to place. So that people like Daryl will stop <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm bothering them. It's a strategy that uh, they won't have time to really build any relationships with anybody. Yeah. And then they move them along. And they have to do, I think, the mission for two years. Two years, years about. So they do that for two years move every six weeks which kind of could be fun but yeah you know as soon as you get comfy somewhere you're (laughs) 
You're moved. I mean, I don't know how strict they are about that, but... Mm -hmm. But yeah, there might be a strategy so people don't start really building into them and telling, sharing the truth with them. But uh, do you have any interesting takeaways from, from our meeting? Well, I think it's just interesting that they 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 say that our Jesus is the same. So you you think they believe that our Jesus is the same, even though when we pointed out to them that he's not, they still say he is. Mm-hmm. No, you think they didn't? No, I I, I don't know. I thought because they well let's let's go there. Let's see. What they basically say about Jesus is he was created. So we believe as Christians what it says in John, you know, in actually multiple places, but, you know, the, a good reference to go to is Gospel of John. I'll flip there now. Verses 1 to 5. I'll read 1 to 5. Once I find it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right, so... Gospel of John starts, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and that light was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. So, what it says here, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is the Logos, referenced as Jesus. Jesus is the Word. So that's what the writer is saying. The word became flesh, he says in John 14, and dwelt among us. So Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. So when John writes in the beginning, he's writing as far back as we could go, even further than that. So all the way back to the beginning was the word. So Jesus always existed, is what John is saying there. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. So he wasn't just with God, he also was God. He's God, the second person of the Trinity. And... Uh, all things are made through him. So everything is made through the word, through Jesus. So he is, uh, he created. Um, so what Mormons also teach is that Jesus is the spirit brother of Satan. But he can't be his brother if the word is saying that he made everything. All things were made through him. So he can't be the brother of somebody who he made. He created so Jesus is eternal. He wasn't created, just like God is eternal. So when they say that Jesus was made and that he he's the spirit brother of Satan, it's a different Jesus. It's not the same Jesus as what the Bible teaches. Like, we explained that to them, mm -hmm. and then... It was ignored. I think it was just ignored. Yeah, just, yeah, that's what I'm trying see, to... And that's what I, I, I was taken away from it was... was Either uh, they weren't listening because they were busy thinking about what they were going to say next or... Mm -hmm. Well, the problem or, is... And the one, or it just hit a brick wall. The one guy that kind of had a little bit more experience, he seemed to be really chill and mm -hmm. didn't have any answers. Like, and But he admitted it. He's like, hey, you know, there's stuff I don't know. Right. He's like, I've only been doing this for a certain amount of time. You know, he was. He said he was away he from the, the church. It. He just got back into the church. And I guess they sent him out on the mission. But I don't think they get much training theologically. They just give him certain things to say. And 
I, I don't know the whole goal. I don't know like if they have a certain number they have to hit, maybe number of houses or people they have to meet up with. They're going to listen to this. Because <laughs> now you're friends with them on Facebook, right? Oh, uh, yeah, but it doesn't mean they're going to listen to stuff I randomly post. I doubt they, yeah. they follow. I mean, I'm happy that they took stuff that I gave them, some material. I printed out a track from uh, Apologia. I think I mentioned that last week. Apologia uh, Church, Apologia Radio. Uh, has got a lot of good resources. They do a lot of outreach to uh, the LDS Church. And I printed out a track that basically teaches, you know, the, fir- the first part of the tract is basic teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints. And it goes over what uh, they teach about the nature of God, about Jesus, members' responsibility, and salvation. And then it has the references on the second page of where that stuff's taken from. So, um, you know, different, different Mormon writing, you know, stuff of Joseph Smith wrote, uh, Doctrine and Covenants. Uh, Mormon doctrine by Bruce McConte and a, a, a bunch of their prophets and apostles. And then it also has what the Bible teaches about the nature of God, Jesus, members, responsibility, salvation, and with all the biblical references. And then on the back is just the, uh, the, the gospel, just what the true gospel is. Um, and so I gave these to these two gentlemen, gave this to these two gentlemen, and uh, one replied back that a lot of the teaching in this tract isn't what their church teaches, it's just the opinions of these teachers. And it might not be what their church teaches officially now, but at one point, it was what they taught, because these are their prophets, these are their apostles, which they see as the continuation of prophecy. So Joseph Smith was a prophet, and these other guys in the priesthood were also prophets. So they wrote these things as if they're on par with Scripture, so at one point, what they were teaching was seen as scripture. Now all of a sudden, it's it changes. So I don't know. I'd like to ask these guys, like, why was it doctrine then, but now it's not? Mm. But it's still in their official church doctrine. You can still go to these, you know, journal of discourses. Uh, Joseph Smith, I believe, said when he preached, it was on par with scripture. So did uh, Brigham Young. Another one of their prophets said the same thing. So I don't know. You know, hopefully I'll get a chance to ask them, you know, what are the differences? Why are these guys, why is it opinion? And it's probably the stuff about polygamy, because it says uh, the church used to teach that you, uh, you have to learn to become gods yourself, just as all gods have done before you. The only men who can become gods, even the sons of gods, are those who enter into polygamy. If any of you will deny the mm. plurality of wives and continue to do so, I promise that you will be damned. The church doesn't teach that anymore. Hmm. Uh, and part of that is the law, the federal law, that you can't have more than one wife. And the more the uh, LDS church was being cracked down on by the government. So all of a sudden they changed that to where now it's, you know, monogamy is promoted because of the government. And so I guess God changed his mind. And... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but at one point that was doctrine. It was official what their church taught. So that might be, you know, what, what he was saying is more of an opinion of those teachers in the past and not official teaching. But I mean, what, what I think sister wives, 
Yeah, sister wives. Yeah, so some places. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's what. I never watched that show, but was I saw Mormon? a couple episodes. I know there there was a few shows like that, but um, it was so weird. <laughs> like it just seemed like, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you grew up in that kind of thing, if your yeah. family was like that growing up, you'd be used to it. But still, it just seems so strange. Yeah. So let's see. I wrote a couple notes that. Well, to me, like, Mormonism just seems to... I don't know. I haven't gotten to dig as far into it as you have. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, it seems to follow kind of like some other religions. There's there's rules and, and there's stuff you have to do. It's, it's works-based. Yeah. And, well, yeah. it's like when you ask them, you know, what would happen if you died right now? Did they really have an answer? I can't remember. I, I, you know, I was trying to remember too. Like, what actually did they say? The one said, "That's that's a really good question." <laughs> and then, yeah, I forget what the other one that, said. That's what happened, right? So he they said, they kind of hesitated. They didn't really. Yeah, they they had really. like like a long answer almost, right? And then, or is that when he directed you to read something from? He might have. Yeah, because they were, you know, uh, one guy was having me read, he, or he would read from the Book of Mormon, because that's their main text. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he even said that he wrote, he read that a lot more than he's read the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when I asked him that, it was kind of a, they kind of dodged the question and didn't really answer. And I said yeah, to I him, exactly if you ask me that question, I'm going to say I, I will be with God. Right. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. I know I am saved because I believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, resurrection, his life was, was for me. I believe that. I put my trust in that. And they weren't able to answer that. And that's the main thing, right? That's the gospel. If it, First off, if you have a different Jesus, you're going to have a different gospel. If you have a different God, if you have a God that was a man who became God, mm -hmm. you have a different God. I guess that falls in line with if they're going to become gods. Right. Then eventually they'll have exaltation. That's their ultimate mm -hmm. goal is exaltation because you have, you know, they're taught that you have to learn how to become gods and they'll take scripture, the actual, what the Bible says and twist it. So they take it out of context, the whole context. You know, mm -hmm. where Jesus says you have to be holy as I am holy, or when God says be holy as I am holy, they take that to mean, oh, we can become God. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know where they get that God was a man. They also believe that God the Father has a body yeah, and isn't spirit. And even though Jesus said God is spirit, he's seeking those who worship him in spirit and truth. They take the anthropomorphic language when, you know, reference the hand of God or, you know, Mm -hmm. different different language used in the bible to speak of god it's anthropomorphic it gives him <coughs> characteristics that are of a man but it doesn't mean he is that it's just a way to describe him because he's also described as having wings he will cover you with his wings so does god mm. he's a man that has wings no they're going to say oh that's just a way to describe okay well why is that the way to describe and this not you have to have good hum hermeneutics you have that are consistent you know, hermeneutic is a way to um, to uh, interpret the Bible, being consistent and exegete, pull out of it what's there. But they they 
twist things. This and they slightly twist it, and it always reminds me of when Satan first says to Eve, "Did God really say?" And that's it's that deception. Right. So you just take take something and just turn it a certain way, and now it looks a little different, and you can you guide it in the wrong direction and start to misinterpret everything that's in the Bible, especially when now you're looking not through the lens of Scripture, but through the lens of the Book of Mormon, of Doctrine and Covenants, of Pearl of Great Price, so all these other things that you think have superiority over the Scripture. So now you're going to be easily led astray. Yeah, and it definitely, because I asked them at one point, so, you know, you're using the Bible in conjunction with the Book of Mormon? And they said yes, but more as the conversation went on, it's, it was pretty clear they knew the Book of Mormon very well. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know about very well, the one did. And um, hardly knew the Bible at all. Like Yeah. So, because I'm like, there's clear discrepancies here between mm-hmm. the Bible there are. and the... And there's even, even stuff in the Book of Mormon, I was reading a little bit of it, backs up more of the God that we believe in than what the the God they believe in now. Because a lot of it was, you know, many believe that Joseph Smith took the New Testament, or not the New Testament, but took the Bible and basically just plagiarized it in many parts into yeah. the Book of Mormon. Because it's the same language, it's same, same way. It's yeah. written in the Old English. I mean, it was in the 1800s when he wrote the Book of Mormon, but... Uh, and so supposedly God and Jesus appeared to him. Right. So no Holy the, Spirit, just Yeah, so the the, the standard uh from, from what I gather, the standard practice of the Mormon missionary when they meet up with you is to give you the, the first vision account. Mm-hmm. So Joseph Smith and I might misquote this because I don't have it memorized. But this kid had it memorized, <laughs> and he basically, like, like from a script, like, uh, said, you know, Joseph Smith was was praying that, you know, there's so many denominations, he didn't know where to go, so he prayed for wisdom, as it says in the book of James, to pray for wisdom, and if you ask for wisdom, I will give it to you, and then uh, God the Father and Jehovah, who's, who is Jesus, both appeared bodily to him, and you know, basically said these denominations are wrong. My church, you know, the whole story is the church that needs to be restored, that it's been gone. And he was the one to restore it. And then eventually he got led to these golden plates. And that's where he took a uh, reformed Egyptian that was written on these golden plates. And he translated the uh, into the Book of Mormon, which... And it was later found that it was translated wrong, right? No. Or... Uh, well, the, the golden plates have never been found. They were they have mysteriously oh, okay. disappeared. But later on, he translated uh, what was called the Book of Abraham, which they also called the Pearl of Great Price, from these uh, scrolls that were on tour. Somebody had these, and uh, the uh, the Latter Day Saint Church bought these, and then Joseph Smith apparently translated them into what was the Pearl of Great Price, but later on, these uh, scrolls disappeared, and then eventually they turned up again, <laughs> and they know it's Joseph, Joseph Smith, and these were the scrolls because it had his handwriting on the back, but now we can translate them because they they had the Rosetta Stone, and they translated it, and it turned out to be like a, a, a recipe funeral text. recipe for uh, rice pudding. Yeah, recipe for <laughs> rice pudding. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's where no. Judy got it. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't Aver, the book of Abraham. This is rice pudding. This is the secret oh, recipe. We're going to make this now. <laughs> no, it, was, it was actually a, a funerary uh, text. Mm. It has nothing to do with what, what Joseph Smith wrote. Uh, so it's been proven that he couldn't read Egyptian, mm. reformed Egyptian, whatever he, he called it. Um, but but I don't I don't want to usually bring that up and you know until later on in a conversation. I mean that's usually, but I mean it would be interesting to find out what the yeah maybe uh, they'll come on the podcast. <laughs> I would love to to have them on the show. It would be like our next meeting is going to be. You mind if we record it? Um, the po- I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't know if they'd be prepared to. If they, if they listen to this before we meet them again, they'll be like, "We we can't make it." Right. <laughs> no, but I mean, but you're gonna talk about us, on. Anyway. But, well, we're not saying anything bad about them. They're no. I don't think so. I mean, no. They're really nice, really nice kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the Mormons always are. They're yeah. the nicest. Yeah. Like. <laughs> We like love I them. Would hang out with them, like yeah. Um, and that's why I'm hoping to have a relationship with them. And even if they move away in six weeks, it's yeah. still easy to stay in touch with people nowadays. So yeah, and they're open to talk, and that's what like you tell me what you believe because I don't want to misrepresent them. And I told them that I said if anything that I'm saying is is false, if you don't believe it, let me know. Right. And that's why even I gave him that material, and it was great that he got back to me and said there's stuff that. He says his church teaches as opinion. So, hmm. all right. Well, let's go over the stuff that your church teaches on the website that does contradict what the Bible says, like who God is and salvation. And that's the the big thing. And that's really what it comes down to is what is the good news? And you don't have to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like he was the analogy he was using. Yeah. In, in the Book of Mormon in Second Nephi, um, uh, Two verse twenty-five, I think it is. Yeah, it's right here. It's in this little handy-dandy handout. Uh, so we believe, as Christians, we're we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. It's his, his finished work. But what they what they say in uh, yeah, Second Nephi Nephi twenty-five. Um, but by grace, you're saved by grace after all that you can do. So again, it's that grace. Yeah, the grace of God, but you have to do so much. Mm-hmm. And I ask them, you know, what does that mean? What what do you, how how do you explain that? And the the one kid said, one guy, I don't keep calling them kids. They're kids, but they might not like that. It might be disrespectful, but <laughs> they're kids. Uh, but he said, well, it's like if you're going on a date and you get all dressed up for the girl, and then you're on your way there. And you, you, you like fall in the mud or something, right? Did he say you fall? Mm-hmm. In the, yeah, you fall in the mud. And now you're not ready for your date. You're not prepared to meet this date. Uh, so you want to clean yourself off before you get there. And I said to him, that's not the gospel. I'm like, yeah, you're, you said you, you want to prepare yourself for God. Yeah. But, but that, that's the opposite. Like you fall in the mud. You're in the mud. We're, we're in the mud. God yeah, comes to get us. Out of the mud. Yeah, he comes to us and cleans us off. He doesn't wait for us to get clean. He doesn't he doesn't give us grace so that we can get clean to make ourselves acceptable before him. He makes us acceptable. Jesus does that. He covers us with blood. We're not, we're, the mud gets replaced by the blood of Christ. 
And so now when God the Father looks at us, he sees his son. But we don't do that. He cleans us up. It's like Pastor was talking about Sunday. He's preparing for us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the opposite. He He's prepares actually... the place for He's us preparing... and he prepares us for the place. Exactly. It's not, yeah. we don't, we can't clean ourselves. The minute we start thinking we have to make ourselves acceptable, then we're, we're putting it on the... us. Yeah. There is no grace. Where's the grace in that? It's right. not grace to make, make ourselves acceptable. We will do good works. And that's the thing. Like we are saved for works, not by works. And it's works that he prepared, prepared beforehand that we should walk in and we will walk in them. But it's not, it's not, in, we should live in obedience, walk in obedience, but that obedience won't earn us anything. So right. the grace is already there. We're saved. As soon as we believe, we are justified. Because what happens if you're a Mormon? Like Pastor was preaching Sunday saying, you know, you could be on your deathbed and get saved. Like you could get saved an hour before you die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like if you're a Mormon. Right. Well, the initial you haven't question had a that chance I asked to them, do anything. Yeah, and I asked because they also believe you need to be baptized to be saved. Right. And I asked them about the thief on the cross, and they mm -hmm. didn't really answer that either. Mm. Like, and I'm I'm glad we didn't actually go too much into that because I wanted to get to the meat first and the gospel and who Jesus is, who God is. Yeah. Uh, but they, I don't think they have an answer for that. I mean, if you have to be baptized to be saved, the thief on the cross wasn't. Maybe they're thinking that there's enough grace for that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, the, uh, the, obviously that person won't get exaltation. They, he so won't, confused. He wouldn't get his planet one day. Uh, yeah, then if if everyone has their, say everyone became a god and has their own planet. Mm -hmm. But everyone so, doesn't. Like, what do the other people do? Or, you know, know, whoever becomes a god, if you don't reach that level, are you still going to to heaven or whatever Yeah, because you'd still be... Cause, yeah, because, they well, they're saying everybody goes to heaven except the really, really, really bad people, I guess. I don't know how you figure that out. But you... So everybody... And then he, they said something about getting a second chance after you die. Yeah, too. there's almost like a purgatory type place. Yeah. That, but... Yeah, you can get a... Yeah, the, the Bible says it, it comes to the point Everyone of time gets a second chance. For, for a man to die once, and then after that, judgment. Judgment is, it's not like a court case. It's heaven or hell. It's, it's glory with God or the wrath of God. That's what it is. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's... Or you can go pick what planet you want. <laughs> I'm going to go to Daryl's planet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know learn more about that whole thing because i don't yeah it still doesn't make sense because that's nowhere in the bible <laughs> like no not that, if, i mean yeah or the purgatory thing i'm not i, I forget what they call it it's well, not called wait it's called well they have different levels of heaven but they have this celestial heaven and telestial oh okay and, yeah and there's different things and maybe we'll, we'll get into that with them another time but the main thing is how are you justified before God and who God is and who Jesus is. Like, But if you got to do all these works, then there's no rest. Jesus says, come to me, those who are heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Hmm. And he's saying this to people who are being burdened by the law, by extra laws, by the Pharisees laying on them laws that weren't even in the scriptures, like extra Sabbath laws. And so when you have a religious system that's laying these things on you, like you have to do missions, you have to be, give them your bank like records in order to be allowed in the temple. You can't get in it. You can't have your marriage sealed for life for, for eternity unless you get in the temple. So there's all these added things. So you, there's no rest. There's no rest for the person in the LDS church. There's no rest. Where sounds like people control. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. We have rest, though. As, as Christians, we can rest in the finished work of Christ, That knowing that God doesn't, Now I'm getting your your brain farts. <laughs> but we can rest knowing that we don't have to earn our way to God, that he's done it. And that's grace. That's the gift. That's a beautiful gift. Like That's mind-blowing. That's what that song Amazing Grace is about. Right. It can't be amazing if it's something that we have to earn or something we have to keep. That's not just given to us. It would be just us. like everything else in this world. Yeah. What's, there's there'd be no gospel that's crazy about like false religions compared to christianity it's every other religious system is a system it's a system of works and that's why it could appeal to the flesh mm -hmm. because we, we're in that system of we got to earn it we got to do it it's got to be ourselves we got to make ourselves right and that's why it totally takes a supernatural awakening of the holy spirit so you can realize you can't earn it. And you just have to mm. receive it. And it's not until you're born again yeah. that you can't see, you can't hear, you can't, your heart's going to be stoned and still want to earn it. You know, that's what, you know, Islam's earning. Roman Catholicism. That has yeah. that grace, but it's still that merit element. It's even after you die, you still have to be purged in purgatory. Yeah. Like, and then that's like, because it's just so hard to believe that Christ did it for you until the Holy Spirit enables you. Because I'm trying to think, like, now what would be my appeal to want to believe a system of Mormonism? Of what the LDS Church believes, like, why would I want to do that? Like, who was telling us that somebody converted to Mormonism from? Well, there's stories of those who don't understand Christianity, or those who haven't who been born that? again. Yeah, but that was uh, Jeff Durbin and Dr. White had that debate with that that guy. Yeah. And he said he grew up in the Protestant church. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. And he didn't, uh, he asked questions and no one gave him answers, which is ridiculous. Like, we should be able to answer people. Well, that's the other problem. Like, Christians not being Christians. Yeah. 
I hear that a lot when people leave Christianity, like younger kids or go to college, and they mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, I asked these questions and no one answered me." Like, shame on this church for not answering you, but mm-hmm. maybe they did and you weren't listening. Because yeah. I I can't picture any like like our church. Like if you ask our our pastor does Facebook Live every week, like yeah. he's answering hard questions, <laughs> like. He wants like he the questions. Maybe it was like older church, older pastors that didn't know how to, and maybe that's the way they were just brought up, just believe. But yeah, we have answers. We can't. We don't have answers for every single thing, maybe, but mm-hmm. majority of these questions that that kids are asking, or even new believers are asking, we have answers. There's resources. So, really, the only excuse you have is. You're still in the flesh. You need to be born again. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Because then, I mean, you start digging on your own to find answers. Like, it, if I were a young person with questions and I didn't get answers from my church, I wouldn't stop looking. Mm. Unless they just took right. that as, okay, they don't know, so I'm out of here. Like, I don't know. Well, that's the what happens. Like, the internet age, you look for answers on the internet, and you come across other religions mm-hmm. that might appeal to you in yeah. the flesh, or atheist blogs, which might appeal to you in the flesh, agno- agnosticism, uh, Eastern philosophy. You can become one of those, I'm just spiritual people. I don't believe in religion. I'm just spiritual. Well, that's your religion. You do. <laughs> but we we have the answer. So my encouragement for the Christians out there is one to en- engage with people that believe other ways. Learn something about what they believe. Ask them questions. So you you can look into what their religion teaches. What so for example, what we're doing. I'm looking into what the LDS church teaches. I'm going to read the Book of Mormon. So, because I, I told him I would. And I, I've read bits and pieces, but it seems mm-hmm. a little bit quicker of a read than, <laughs> than the Bible. <laughs> than the Bible. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to read it and just try to figure out why they believe what they believe according to the book that they follow the most. Uh, but you don't have to do that out there. If, but you should learn a little bit of something of who you're engaging with. Again, by asking questions, but know what you believe. Be solid in your foundation. Know the Bible. Know what you believe in it. Know what you believe about who Jesus is, who the triune God is, what salvation is, how how you are saved. Uh, you know, just the basic tenets of yeah. Christianity. Yeah. And if you know that, if you have a solid foundation and you start from the scripture, whenever you're doing a defense of your faith, when you give an apologia, know the scripture, start from God and go from there. But always ask questions. That's what, that's what Jesus did. He asked questions mm-hmm. and he would turn it around on them. That's how he would answer <laughs> questions. <laughs> like, they'd ask him, he'd say, okay, well, what, yeah, how about this? <laughs> they're probably like, stop it, man. <laughs> How about this? <laughs> but and and just do it with love. Always share the truth in love, and that's the end goal. Like I want to build a relationship with these two young men, 
and who knows where it'll go? Who knows if just planting seeds now, 20 years down the road, right? the Holy Spirit enables their heart to believe. And maybe it'll shoot me a message or something. I, I love the story Jeff Durbin tells. Oh, of, that Mormon uh, girl. Because they, they go to the Mormon temple, usually around Easter or Christmas when they have the big festival. Uh, but I, they probably used to go a lot on other times too. But he tells this story. Of he was he was out at the temple and he was handing out tracks and this girl comes over and like starts yelling at him and stuff and like took his tracks and like tore him up and like ran away. And then he says years later he's going to a Bible study at his friend's house and, and he comes in and uh he looks over and this girl looks at him and like starts crying and he says to his friend, he's like who who's that like what's wrong with her and his friends like i don't know we just met them tonight and uh a few few minutes later or something uh the girl comes over to him and says uh jeff i don't know if you remember me but a few years ago you were out at the temple and i took your tracks and i, I tore them up and, and like threw them at you and i was like cursing at you uh she's like but i went home that night with one of your tracks and i was determined to prove that you were wrong. So I was going to go all, to all the Bible references that you you, <laughs> you had on your track, and I was going to come back that next night and prove you were wrong. But it turns out that you were right, and I gave my life to Christ. And and the whole point of that story that Jeff told, and I don't know if I quoted him accurately. You should uh, find the sermon where he tells the story because he was there. I wasn't. But, <laughs> but that, that story encourages me. Because a lot of people say, oh, no, you shouldn't reach out to people like that. You shouldn't go and disturb them, you know, at, at their temple or do this or that. But he's like, look at this conversion story. You know, this person came to Christ, the Holy Spirit used Jeff Durbin and his ministry of, of going out to where these people are and loving them enough to tell them that, what they believe isn't true is they don't worship the true God. So we need to do that too. Take courage and have opportunities. If Mormons knock on your door, if Jehovah's witnesses knock on your door, if you feel comfortable enough, you should as a Christian know what you believe. That's all you have to do. Let them in, talk to them, share what you believe and pray the Holy spirit works in their heart. But don't miss these opportunities. If they're coming to you, God's bringing people to you. I was just going to say, like, that's a missed opportunity if you just say, no, thank you. You know, God's sending them right to your door. When, uh, when we were in Ecuador, when I was in Ecuador on a mission trip, there's Mormons walking around there. And at one, one point, the, the pastor we were with, Pastor uh, Fausto, I was telling him, cause, but the Mormons were... Uh, pretty far from where a couple blocks over but we, we started yelling oh, to yeah. him to come over <laughs> like, come over here we got to talk to you but they, they didn't come over they were probably like why are these guys calling us over we scared them but yeah i wanted to share with them in ecuador like <laughs> but just just be bold and, and be uh be a godly troublemaker like don't be afraid of that confrontation if what we believe is true and what they believe is false Shame on us for not at least engaging and, and giving them the chance to hear the truth. Yeah. And usually Mormons really want to talk to you for the same reason. Right. You know? they're, they're open to listening. I mean, it, 
it doesn't have to get ugly, but it's going to be confrontational because you're challenging their beliefs and they'll counter challenge yours. So just trust the Holy Spirit and tell them who Jesus is. Right. Well, I learned something. I hope you did too. (laughs) (laughs) But cool. I I think I said enough. If if you, we'll put some links uh, in the show notes to uh, Apology Ministries and all their information and some other stuff with Dr. James White and then uh, CARM, Christian Apologetics Research Ministries, CARM.com, who is Matt Slick, is the guy that uh, runs that website. He also has a lot of great resources. Uh, So there's information out there if you want to learn what uh, the LDS Church teaches. And you you can always go to their website too because it's right there. Their doctrine's up there and they try to explain it and how they try to explain how it's biblical, but... Again, it's not interpreted correctly, but cool. But that's just your opinion, right, Daryl? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's what the Bible says. <laughs> so I think we're good. All right, you cool. Good? You guys good? Uh, if you're listening uh. to us, <laughs> uh, if you're listening, to, I always forget this stuff. If you're listening to us, you're probably listening to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, leave a review worth five stars. Uh, and just say some kind words about us. If you have any questions, you can contact us on our Facebook. What are we even doing here? And we also have a Twitter that I don't use. So that's where you can contact <laughs> us. Here is our list of unused social media accounts. Yeah. <laughs> You can just find me on Facebook and ask me questions. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. And um, in the meantime, we pray that you seek the kingdom of God and that you will continue to learn what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. Kieran!